We're back in the states today, my friends. We've covered quite a few states so far, and today we've landed in New Mexico. Welcome back to the swamp, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true New Mexico horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'm always looking for new scary stories to share in future episodes. Just before we jump into this video guys, I just wanted to take a quick reminder to let you guys know about Chilling and that I'm a part of the Chilling family. I want to make sure you take advantage of the free trial if you haven't yet. Chilling is the new home of horror and an amazing mobile app that allows you to do things that are just not possible on YouTube. With hundreds of amazing stories that are sorted into curated playlists or playlists you can make on your own, we give you so much flexibility to listen the way you want. This includes the Chilling exclusive feature, the ambient sound menu. You can change the background noise to the story to fit your mood as you please. Of course, this is offered completely and totally ad-free. That's right, no ads, just hours and hours of uninterrupted, horrifying, creepy, and all-around spooky content. And the best thing is, we're adding hours and hours of new content every single week. I couldn't be more excited to have this opportunity to be a part of this journey, so I hope you join us. Be sure to start your free trial today. It's only $2.99 per month after that. We have added new narrators, and we have even more coming soon. We have also added classic novels, vintage horror radio, and true crime. We have over 500 stories and hundreds of hours of content being added all the time from monsters, gore, paranormal, thrillers, true stories, and more. You have the ability to minimize and darken the screen. There is also a new sleep timer, the ability to control both narration and ambience independently, and you also now have the ability to see what stories you've also listened to and recent story section. One last thing before we go, we are also giving away an Oculus Quest 2 currently. All you have to do is download the app and start your free trial, or be a current subscriber, leave or update a review, and fill out the form. You can find the link to do that in the description down below. Hello Swamp Dweller. This story is from my coworker, who likes to exchange stories when we work together. He stated that he and his cousin went fishing along the Rio Grande River in New Mexico. He mentioned that they went sometime at night to check on their cannabis. They used to use the river to water their crops in a natural irrigation setup. They cast their lines out when they noticed a black mist floating on top of the river. They didn't pay attention to it at first and thought nothing of it and continued fishing. The cousin told him that it was getting closer to them though and they both stared at it and got an uneasy feeling. He said the closer it got, the faster it was. They started to run through the branches back to the car, leaving their fishing gear and bait behind. He looked back and saw that it was still following them at a rapid speed. When they made it to the car, they sped off back to their aunt's house. They had relayed everything to their auntie, everything that they had seen. She told them they shouldn't go to the river at night, that it's very unsafe. Later, they went to retrieve their fishing gear the next day. They never found any footprints except their own. They stated that it didn't break any branches while following them. It kind of floated through them. He said he'd never go back at night, but has never had an experience like this before or since. What do you guys think?
My mom worked quite a few jobs, and with every position she made friends. They always had their paranormal stories. Everything from seeing Bigfoot in the Zuni Mountains in New Mexico, to seeing a ghost while driving home in the dead of night. For this story, my mom worked for a hotel with a restaurant inside, where she had a position as a hostess. One day, a close friend came back to work after taking her vacation. Asking her how her trip was to Utah, her friend told her that they had fun but encountered something terrifying while on the way back. She explained they were coming home and they had left late to make their trip home through the night. They were on the border of Utah and New Mexico at a place so-called the Skimwalker Alley. This area was well known for having some of the most extreme encounters with these entities, allegedly anyway. They had been driving for quite some time. It was herself, her husband, and youngest son. Their son had fallen asleep for quite a few miles, and she wanted to stay up to keep her husband company while he drove. It was somewhere around 3 a.m. when they reached the border. She wasn't paying any attention to what was going on outside. While she and her husband were in the middle of their conversation, her husband said out loud, What the heck is that? Turning her attention to the corner of the road, they approached a giant hill when she noticed something moving quickly down the mountain. Again, saying out loud, What the hell is that? Her husband promptly decided to step on the gas and try to get ahead of whatever this thing was that was quickly coming down the mountain. As they approached the hill, they noticed it was a deer, but this was no ordinary deer. As they looked closer, they saw something that just was not right. It did not stand on all fours, but was running on two legs. As they quickly drove past it, it promptly began following them, jumping from one side of the road to the other. They then noticed that it was almost like a man, and what he had on appeared to be a deer head. Desperately trying to outrun this creature, it kept up with them for quite a few miles, until in the distance, they saw an oncoming car looking to the passenger side. They saw it run off into the trees. Freaking out, they tried to keep their cool. They did not want to wake up their son. They kept staring ahead. A few more miles down the road, they had driven past a herd of deer, thinking, what if this thing came out of the dark and tried something? But nothing ever did. A week after, she told my mom of the encounter. They went to see the shaman, and he explained that it was a skimwalker they had come across. He explained that the skimwalker wasn't there for them, but wanted to scare somebody. It just so happened that they were there at the wrong time. Her friend, wanting to be sure, asked him again if they were safe. He said that after their encounter, if they had come across any deer, which she said yes, giving her the reassurance that if they had come across the deer, it meant that they were safe from the skimwalker. After this terrifying encounter, they made themselves promise that they would never drive through the night in Skimwalker Alley. This happened the other night, on December 9th. We live on two acres in north-central New Mexico. I live in an unincorporated area, a lot of open fields, and it gets very dark at night. My five-year-old Pyrenees dog, a giant dog, must be taken out to play or do his business. He will escape from the yard if no one is with him. Back to the other night, I took him out just before bed. Even with the porch light on, I could hardly see off the porch. My dog went and did his business. I could hear some heavy breathing and some sort of snarling noises to my left. 
I was beginning to feel very uneasy at this point. I called for my dog. Even though he is a huge dog, he fears his own shadow. He comes running up to the porch, whining and wanting to go inside. We rushed in, I locked the door and turned off the porch light. I told my husband what I heard. He said it's probably just the neighbor's dog. We went to bed, and the dog sleeps with us in our room as well. My side of the bed is inches away from the window. As my husband falls asleep, I heard a tap on the window. I lay there for a few seconds, thinking, did I actually hear that? Then I hear my voice calling my dog and telling him to come on. My husband says, why are you calling the dog? He's right here. I noted that the voice was coming from outside. Then we hear it again. He is looking at me with big eyes. What the hell is that? I tell him to be quiet by shushing him. These taps begin to turn into more aggressive bangs, and then my voice becomes more distorted. I have heard people talk about how it always sounds like someone they knew, but distorted. Never could I understand it until now. I mouthed the word skinwalker to my husband, and he goes pale. I text my daughter-in-law. She is Navajo and from a medicine man and woman family and is spending time out on the reservation with her mom currently. I text her and say I think a skinwalker is outside. I explain the situation. She calls and tells me to put the phone on speaker and put it up by the window. I could hear her and her mom do a Navajo prayer as I did this. As I listened to their words, the uneasy feelings went away. We did not hear anything else after that. Last night, when I took him out, nothing happened. It is getting that time of night again though, so wish me luck. I once worked at Glenwood Ranger District in southwest New Mexico as part of a fire suppression crew during the summer of 1996 or so. It might not be as scary as other stories, but it has stayed with me and has been on my mind all these years because since that time, I have heard similar occurrences, especially when it comes to smells described during close encounters with Bigfoot. To this day, I'm still unsure of what this was, but it had me awake for a good hour or later one night. I was the only person or employee in the three-bedroom house in the small district. Only one other family lived about 75 yards away with the main office. The main office was usually closed during the nights and weekends as well. Our employee bunkhouse, which is located on the side of a hill in a valley between mountains covered with pinyon, juniper, and pine, it was not very dark, and the moon would give the light through the patches of the fast-moving clouds. I remember the gusts of wind, and it all seemed like it was coming from different directions this night through the valley, which I guess would be expected for Glenwood, as it was located in an area with a small population of ranchers and forestry workers. I was the only person in the house as it was a weekend, and other employees were either off for the weekend or still out working in the mountain camps. My bed located directly next to the window, was open, and there was only a screen between me and the cool breeze outside. A strong smell awakened me at 2 or 3 in the morning. I can only describe the stench as something as a person may smell when walking by a dumpster or something like that. The smell was of rotten food mixed with blood or something of that nature. The smell was so bad it woke me up out of a deep sleep. I peered out into the night while still in my bed. 
The window ledge was only three feet from the floor. I couldn't see anything, but the terrible smell and strange feeling had me up and curious. The dogs from the only house nearby were barking viciously from time to time. I didn't want to turn on any lights, as I knew this would only make me be seen more accessible from whatever was outside. I had no weapon except for a large hunting knife. I took it out of the sheath and carried it with me at the ready as I crept through room to room, looking through each window in the entire house. I slowly moved the curtains and stared intently until I was satisfied that there was no movement. I came back to my room and rested on the ledge of the window with the knife still in my hand until I drifted off into sleep and found myself still positioned in this way when dawn arrived. I was visited by something or someone that night. I was never awakened before by such a terrible smell and the sense of a some sort of presence. In the morning, the awful smell was gone completely. I never found any tracks either. I can't remember exactly why I didn't check further, but it was really cold that next day. I heard that bears could smell bad when in close contact, but I had also run into bears while working in the mountains before, and I never experienced anything like that smell. Was it Bigfoot? Was it a bear or some other animal? I guess I'll never know. Thank you for letting me share my story. My husband and I went on a 10-day road trip where we went tent camping through eight national parks. We didn't necessarily encounter anything, but I wanted to share this story anyway. We drove from Mesa Verde in Colorado to the Petrified Forest in Arizona. It was a three to four hour drive, and we got a late start eating dinner. I always start as the first driver. Then, when I get sleepy, he drives the rest of the way. My goal was to get to Gallup, New Mexico. But first, we would grab gas and switch seats. I jumped in the driver's seat after a long day of hiking and down the winding highway road we went. We went as it got darker and darker outside. In my opinion, this road had too many curves to be considered a highway. When every few miles there's a sign to slow down due to road fatalities, then there are sharp turnoffs leading to different housing areas. It wasn't a road I would have volunteered to drive down in the dark, but here I am. Carefully, I go down this road in the opaque, white knuckling the steering wheel preparing for any number of creatures to run in front of me. Since there are very few houses, or any other buildings alongside the road, I'm feeling very out of place. But instead of freaking out, I try to remain calm. I kept hearing dogs barking and growling, even though I didn't think the houses were close enough for me to even be able to hear a dog make a noise. Even though no one else was driving on this road, I felt like I was being watched or something ominous. The curves turned into a straight road. My husband usually sleeps while I drive, but I kept him awake because something just felt off. A few hours in, I was getting extremely sleepy. My husband offered to operate, and I would have to pull over. I told him it was okay, and nervously joked that if we stopped, the car probably wouldn't come back on, or we would end up having the door knocked on by a black-eyed kid or something. He stayed up and we chatted about how eerie this road felt. Thirty minutes later, we saw lights in the town of Gallup, New Mexico. I pulled into a McDonald's, and we got out to stretch and switch seats. That's when we noticed the highway signage. The top marker reads, Highway 491, while the bottom tag reads, formerly Highway 666. 
After getting gas and getting on the interstate, I started googling Highway 666. Many, many stories pop up. Hellhounds, disappearing hitchhikers, ghost trucks that run you off the road, UFO sightings, time loss, orbs, you name it and it's probably there. Route 666 has an unusually high number of road casualties. Well, it did anyway. Now that it's been renamed, the death toll per year somehow dropped. Navajo land does border the road. They blessed it, believing it to be evil. The Native American locals warned travelers about shapeshifters and evil medicine men. Mind you, and we didn't know any of this beforehand. We didn't psych ourselves out before driving down the Devil's Highway. We thought it was a regular road, albeit a bit dangerous. While we didn't have any sightings or anything like that, I'll never forget the feelings of dread and alertness. I shudder to think what would have happened if we had actually decided to stop on the side of the road to switch seats. A few years ago, me and a friend were getting sick of the New England weather. We get our fair share of sunshine up here, but only for about three weeks out of 52. So, after one particularly washout summer, where the sky barely shifted from its regular gray tone, we decided a road trip to alleviate the rain-soaked misery would be the best way to go. We didn't have a destination in mind as such, just a direction, south. As far south as we could possibly go without having to buy ourselves a Spanish phrase book. About a fortnight in, we had made it all the way down to New Mexico. I'd enjoyed the barbecue in South Carolina, relished the peach cobbler in Georgia, but nothing compared to the food in New Mexico. I had thought I'd been eating good Mexican food back home, but I came to realize I'd been eating lies. Turns out the closer to the border you get, the better the food gets. Mexican food isn't all about spice either although that is a big part of it. But even then, it's not the bear mace kind of burning hot that we might associate with it. There's tangy, fruity salsa made from pineapples, not to mention the smoky flavor that an anko chili imparts to a dish. But I digress. We had been so charmed by New Mexico that instead of rolling through it into Arizona like we had planned, we decided to tour a little bit more of the state before leaving. This meant we rolled down dusty roads, visiting little cowboy towns and Antigito joints along the way. So at one point, we are still a few hundred miles away from our planned stop and we're getting tired. Driving at night can be disorienting and dangerous, so instead of just switching over while the other driver sleeps in the back seat, we decided just to pull over and sleep a few hours until dawn before we get back on the road. The only problem was finding somewhere safe enough to park up. Now, when I picture New Mexico, I picture the kinds of abode brown desert scenes that were made famous by old westerns. But it turns out, New Mexico has its fair shape of snow-capped mountains and lush green forests. We happened to be driving by one such patch of tall pine trees when we called our rest stop. So we pulled in and turned down a dirt road and winded among the trees. We were taking it slow, trying to find a turn off or a campground to park up at and get some shed eye. It took a while but we did find one, parking up and turning off the engine before unpacking our sleeping gear and leaning into the back seats. As you can imagine though, New Mexico gets warm and stays warm well into the night. So, 
Although it leave us prey to the mosquitoes, we crack the windows to allow some much needed fresh air. It would be pretty essential, honestly. It was kind of nice for a while, lying there, drifting off with the sound of crickets chirping and coyotes yipping in the hills. It was relaxing, listening to the sounds of nature, until I heard a sound that was distinctly unrelaxing. The sound of hushed human voices. My eyes opened in the darkness as I strained to hear just what these voices are saying, but I can't quite make out anything specific, just that at least two people are talking among themselves in hushed voices. This is a big red flag for me. Sometimes you get people walking past your car when you're trying to sleep, mostly in cities, but sometimes out in the sticks too. If they're loud, it generally means they're just drunk and headed home. Sure, drunk can be another kind of red flag for danger, but not nearly as much as actual hushed voices. Whispers mean a person doesn't want to be heard. Whispers mean someone is up to no good. Although we're from a state where legislation has made firearm ownership pretty much next to impossible, but we were not about to roll around the deep south without proper protection. Not so much from the people. All our interactions with people in the southern states were overwhelmingly positive, but there's no reasoning with a bear or a rattlesnake. So we stopped at the first gun show we could in West Virginia to pick up something small but powerful, a 44 snub-nosed revolver. The moment I heard those hushed, whispered voices, I popped the glove compartment open and took it out. After I made sure it was loaded, I leaned over to my buddy and gently shook him awake. What time is it? His eyes were bloodshot, his voice croaky. Listen to me. The fear in my voice had him paying attention. There's someone outside. We talked it over countless times, what we would do if someone tried to rob us or kidnap us. What was at first a morbid, mental exercise had suddenly become all too real. We decided to get out and confront whoever was out there, hoping they'd hear that we were armed and get scared and take off. It could have just been a few kids hanging around drinking, but it's always better to be safe than sorry. So we get out, me with a flashlight in one hand, the revolver in the other. We're both shining flashlights into the trees, but seeing nothing at all. We haven't heard any voices since we got out of the car, and I'm hoping they've just moved on. But like I said, better safe than sorry. Hey, anyone there? My buddy calls out into the darkness. We give a minute or so, and no one replies. But that doesn't mean we're feeling safe and sound. So we start walking into the trees, trying to find whoever was whispering. I'm expecting to find a handful of thugs who are about to rob us or something, but what we found was something much worse. The thing that hit me first was the smell. The further we got into the trees, the stronger this sickly sweet smell of hot garbage seemed to be. Neither of us had ever smelled anything like it in our lives, so it was not like we had anything to compare it to. It was not like we recognized it or anything. Then we saw the pit, the shadow on the ground opening before us. Then we saw the shovels, the plastic sheet stained with something brownish red. Flies were buzzing around the open pit, so loud I could barely hear my own voice when I exclaimed in pure horror at what lay at the bottom. It was a body, a human body, only it was barely recognizable as one. It had been beaten so bad that it looked like a monster, a hideous imitation of a human form. The face was swollen, bloodied, and bruised. Eyelids swollen shut as huge, busted lips still leaked gore onto the neck and chin. 
We ran, got into our car, and got the hell out of there. What followed was probably the most terrifying few minutes of my life. I expected to see another vehicle's lights appear on the road behind us, getting bigger as they got closer, chasing us down to silence us forever. But they didn't. Nothing happened. The adrenaline had us so wired that we drove out to the next town, calling in at the local sheriff's department as soon as we arrived. We didn't stay long in the area, so naturally we didn't hear back from the cops regarding what happened to the body or if they found the guys trying to bury it. But I still think about it every now and then, and what that poor person could have possibly done to deserve to die in such a brutal way. When I was a kid, I lived with my grandmother for a while, and her house was extremely weird. This house was dome-shaped and had some very absurd architectural designs. A 15-foot deep hole in the backyard, a staircase leading down to nowhere, the house flooding for quite literally no reason. The whole place just had a surreal vibe to it. This house was right outside the Navajo Reservation in an isolated part of New Mexico. Though, we did have two neighbors who built ranches up there recently. My grandma's place was built sometime in the 19th century. According to my grandmother, it was originally built to treat tuberculosis patients when TB was bad in New Mexico. I was young, but I'll never forget what I saw up there. The shower had a small round window that investigated the living room. I thought that was cool as I could wave to my grandma while showering, but I quickly became afraid of it. One day, me and my grandmother were playing cards in the living room and a large handprint appeared on the shower window. I pointed it out, and this freaked even my grandma out, who promptly got up and saged the place. This couldn't have been my handprint, as I was just a little kid, and this, this handprint was huge and lanky. My second experience in this house was upstairs. Now, for some context, this house did have an upstairs level, but it only covered half of the ceiling. Think of an indoor balcony. This is where my grandma and myself would sleep because this is the only actual room in the house. One night, I had a dream that an invisible force had picked me up and thrown me off the upstairs level, which was a big fear of mine. I woke up before I hit the ground, and guess where I was? Laying on the first floor, underneath the edge of the upstairs level. It would have been a big fall, but I had no pain, no bruising, nothing. Another experience. I was out in the backyard playing and our swings started swinging very fast and violently on their own. There was no wind and my grandmother's horses became extremely spooked before this even started happening and were trying to escape their pen. I have had countless other paranormal experiences here, but these were the ones that stood out to me. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true horror stories from the great state of New Mexico. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it, and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them almost every single day, and all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, 
I'd love to share it with everyone. Be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or Spotify, please give this a five-star rating over there as it helps us grow there, and it's very, very appreciated. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium, but would like to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller Scary Stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and pretty much anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. It's always so hard to pick from these, but honestly, I might have to say finding that dead body is pretty creepy. It's stuff like that that could happen to anybody at any time that truly is the most freaky sometimes. Be sure to join me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, face mask, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. I'll see you all soon with another creepy video.